Welcome, listeners, to this post-apocalyptic nightmare. My name is Sherry, and I'll be reading the new dystopian women's lit thriller by Pernell Clath Meyer in Our Bones. Chapter 11, Slip Away. Rachel would have preferred to leave at nightfall to avoid the neighbor's prying eyes, but she didn't feel they had the luxury of time. She gleaned some information about what was going on with the checkpoints and found out that the militias were on the move across the country. Rachel wanted to put as much distance between them and this particular militia group as fast as possible. They hurried into the van as Rachel took one last look at the home she'd been so proud to purchase. There will be time to mourn later, she told herself. Lauren grabbed the Bible off Rachel's shelf and wedged it between the windshield and the dash to keep it from sliding around. Lauren considered it both a prop and her guiding light. Rachel pulled out of her garage and started down the potholed street toward the nursing home where their mother had been living for the past five years. Skeletal remains of trees long perished lined the streets. They rolled past the restaurant where their parents had first met. One side of the building was scorched and the windows were broken. Lauren grimaced. She was worried about seeing her mother. It had been a few months, and Anne hadn't recognized her the last time. It had pierced Lauren's fragile spirit that she hadn't gone since. Lauren knew that Rachel judged her for that, too. As Rachel pulled into the lot of the squat, one-story building, Lauren scanned for wayfarers. There were only two other cars there, one of which had a tree growing up through its trunk and weeds in every crevice. The door to the building was propped open, and the sisters exchanged a glance of distress. Lauren said, I don't want Ben to have to go in there. Just let me do it, okay? You've done so much for her already. Lauren decided that she would fight her omnipresent guilt with action. Are you sure you can handle it? I mean, you've been through a lot. To be honest, I'm not sure, but I think I should try. Okay, but come get me if you need anything. As Lauren approached the door... A sickly, rotten smell billowed out. She steeled herself for what she might find inside. There was no one at the front desk, but several residents were sitting in wheelchairs, stripped down to dirty t-shirts and underwear. They didn't look up. Others were incoherently milling about the common room. The place was sweltering. Lauren covered her nose with her hand. Hello? Is there anyone here in charge here? She called out. No one answered. Lauren continued down the hall toward her mom's room with a sense of foreboding. Glancing indoors as she walked, residents were lying in their beds, listless. When she arrived at Anne's room, Lauren knew that something was wrong immediately. The sheets were gone from the bed, and there was no sign of her mother. She wondered with a rising panic what that smell was. Lauren rushed toward a voice down the hall. She came across a short woman with coal-colored hair standing over a shell of a shockingly pale, old, white woman. The stubby woman was wearing a soiled nurse's uniform with the name Bish on a pin. The nurse said in a thick Vietnamese accent, There you go, Miss Anthony. You'll be a lot more comfortable now. The room was disheveled with soiled laundry and food containers. Bish looked up surprised to see Lauren. Hello there. Who you're here for? Lauren near tears. My mom, I, I mean, Anne Hansberry, she wasn't in her room. She averted her eyes from the shrunken woman swimming in her baggy shirt. Bisha's face fell and her voice grew sorrowful. She kept working. I'm so sorry, miss. Uh, 
Lauren. I'm sorry, Miss Lauren. I have very bad news for you. Your mama, she passed away three days ago. You've been on her list to call, but as you can tell, things have been crazy around here. She paused for a moment and she grabbed a food bowl from the counter and started feeding the ghostly woman. I always did like your mama. She had that sparkle in her eye right up to the end. That last night she was doing so good, too. I stepped in for a sec to check on her. She asked me for some water, but all we got is this nasty stuff since the city worked on the pipes last week. They say it's just fine and they ain't gonna do nothing about it. These poor people. I did give your mom a few sips, but she didn't want more. The power has been touch and go, and there's no air conditioning the night she died. I think she just got too hot and dehydrated. Lauren was listening, but felt part of herself detached from the words. She was collapsing in on herself again. She struggled to remain present. She wanted to be able to handle this. Lauren choked out. Where is she now? It is so sad not to be able to say goodbye, but we had to get her to the morgue as soon as we could. This uh, heat wave's really been hard on folks. We lost like five residents this past week, including your mama. We have to get him out of here as soon as we can. I don't mean to be insensitive, but Mr. Jensen died yesterday morning and they ain't got him yet. You can smell what that's like. We didn't have a choice, Miss Lorne. I wish I could have done differently for your family. The news of her mother's death crashed together with the scent of it, and Lorne felt her stomach lurch. She scuttled down the hall, back outside, and dropped down to the hot pavement and dry heaved. Her legs were burning under her and forced her back to her feet. She rubbed her scorched shins and tears streamed down her cheek. Anne had been a hard woman, but she hadn't deserved this. She shouted, Mom, I let you down. Rachel saw her and came hurrying. What's wrong? She's gone. She died three days ago. She's gone, Rachel. I should have gotten here sooner, damn it. I didn't want her to die alone. She grabbed Lorne in a fierce embrace. Lorne let herself fold into her sister as they both wailed. Bish heard them and wandered out. There you are. I was worried about you. How you doing? Rachel straightened herself up. Hi, I'm Anne's other daughter. I guess I'm shocked. It seems like everything's fallen apart here. Bish harumph. Yes, it's a mess. I don't know how much longer I can take it. My knees are giving me such trouble. Rachel said, are you here alone? How can you be expected to take everyone? There's three of us working here still, but I'm alone today. I was supposed to be working with the Valerie, but uh, her voice dropped and she took on a conspiratorial tone. Valeria and, and her sister both worked here. I didn't even know they were illegals, but I guess someone found out and burned down their house. They just got up and left the city. The nursing homeowner is so cheap she won't hire anyone else. Since the Social Security got cut, she's not making any money. I think she just wants them all to die so she can be done. It's a shame it is. Lauren could not imagine the crushing pressure of what Bish was describing. Part of her wished that there was something she could do to help. But more so, she was glad she could leave and never look back. I really appreciate everything you did for my mom, she said. It helps knowing that she had someone like you around. The sound of a resident moaning flooded outside. Bish said as she rushed off, I got to go take care of this, so go ahead and take what you want from a room. Rachel asked Lauren, Do you think you can, or would you rather I do it? Lauren swallowed hard. 
I'm okay. I've got this. Lauren went back to Anne's disheveled room, where she was more interested in soaking up the last of her mother's lingering energy than going through her stuff. The room was spartan, with few personal items aside from photographs assembled on the bedside table. Lauren stepped over the rusted hospital bed and thought of her mom dying there. She gripped the bed rail and tried to steady herself. She saw the framed picture of her, Rachel, and Ben and picked it up. Though only taken seven years before, it was as if it were a different era. Ben was small, only a few years old. Lauren recalled the day it was taken. Up on a hill behind the farmhouse where Lauren grew up, Anne burst out exuberantly. Would you look at that view? She was radiant in the golden sunshine. Isn't this a gorgeous day, Lore? Why don't we come up here more often? Busy, I guess. It's pretty, though, isn't it? Look at that butterfly milkweed. Pure white butterflies were busily drinking nectar from the dazzling orange blossoms. Should we pick some? Anne's mood was fine, and Lauren smiled as she asked rather than commanded. They didn't know that Alzheimer's had already been picking away at her brain. Dale had only passed a few years before, and the heart of their family had gone with his death. But on this day, mother and daughter giggled like girls as they collected bouquets. Hiking back down the deer path to the house, Lauren allowed herself a hint of aspiration that things would get better between them. Lauren adored the prairie her father restored. As a kid, she'd spent hours there collecting bugs and petting the cows that grazed there. His pastures were Dale's pride. He'd say, we don't need fancy technology to fix climate change. We just need more grasslands and trees. Instead, we're always chasing the next shiny object that's supposed to fix it all. We can't buy our way out of this problem. We've got to plant our way out. Sitting in the blistering fever of the nursing home, Lauren finally understood why he'd cared so much. In Lauren's memory of that day with her mom, Ben broke free from Rachel as soon as they came into view. He toddled over to Anne and buried his nose in the large bunch of flowers she'd collected. Pity Gamma, he said with his yellow pollen sticking to his face. They all laughed. They are sure pretty. Should we put these in water? Anne grabbed Ben's hand and they headed inside. Lauren wanted to remember her mom just how she looked that day. Lauren began removing the pictures out of their frames for easier transport. Lauren almost didn't take the photograph of herself, but decided that Rachel might want it and would be upset if she had left it behind. As she had removed the back of the frame, a neatly folded note fell out. In Anne's handwriting, it read, I will always love you. Lauren held the note to her and felt a surge of love for Anne, unlike anything she'd felt when she was alive. Lauren finally understood that Anne did love her, and she must have known how broken-hearted Lauren was, believing that she didn't. Lauren kissed the spot on the bed where her mother had crossed over and said, I will always love you too. She felt years of angst slip away. As they drove through the town to merge onto the highway, Lauren became numb. She was leaving behind everything she'd ever known and had no idea where their journey would take them. But an unexpected calm washed over her as she watched the clinic's tall buildings recede in the distance. Brian might have her house, but he did not have her soul. That's it for this episode. If you'd like to read along with my novel, In Our Bones, it's available wherever you get your books. Also, be sure to hit me up online. My info is in the show notes below. Thanks much. <music>